Hello. Uh, so Deadhide, uh, a couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to deliver the sermon, and uh, Deadhide is not here this week. He is at a youth conference in L.A., uh, where he's giving a speech, and um, so I'm getting another opportunity uh, to give you a message. And of course, a couple weeks ago, uh, it was John 3.16, which everybody has heard a thousand times, and uh, the passage for this week is perhaps the one that's been talked about even more than that one, the prodigal son. Uh, and this, the prodigal son is in Luke chapter 15, verses 15 to 32. And it comes in a group of parables called the parables of the lost. And the parables of the lost are very important because they are, first of all, they're only found in the gospel of Luke, not in any of the other gospels, um, which is unique. And um, it, it, the, the parable of the prodigal son is the third one in this series. Now, the first two I didn't, I didn't read because that would have made the, the singing uh, take quite a long time. But I want to relate to you the beginning of chapter 15, which explains why Jesus tells this parable. Uh, so it's, it begins, Now the tax collectors... And the sinners were all drawing near to hear him, Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So what does this mean? So the tax collectors uh, were probably some of the most hated people in Israel at the time uh, of Jesus. And of course, these are people working for the Roman government, so the civil government. These are not... Um, uh, these are Jewish people working for the Roman government. And um, they were hated because, of course, they come and they collect people's money. Uh, and the, the Pharisees and the scribes we talked about a few weeks ago, of course, the Pharisees are um, a group of Jewish priests and administrators who are in charge of the temple, uh, at least some of the temples. And... Um, the scribes, of course, are the educated people, the people who know how to write. They know how to um, do things that most people can't. Of course, most people were not literate at that time. These are the educated people. And they were laughing at Jesus because they said, look, he's attracting all the terrible people in society, all the people that we hate, the people that we don't like. And they were using that to make jokes about him to say, look, uh, this guy doesn't matter. He's just attracting these kinds of people that we don't like, uh, the, the scum of the earth, things like that. Uh, and then Jesus responds by telling these three parables. And I just want to summarize the first two that I didn't read before. Uh, and the first one is the parable of the lost sheep. I'm sure we've all heard this one before, but of course... Uh, he, t he tells a story of a man, a shepherd, who has a hundred sheep, and one of them gets lost uh, in the desert. Uh, and he leaves the 99 sheep that he didn't lose, and he goes to find the lost one. And then when he finds the lost one, he rejoices. 
and he rejoices more over finding the lost sheep than he does over the 99 that he had never lost. And then the next parable is the shortest one. It's about a woman who has 10 silver coins, so a good, a good amount of money, and she lost a coin. And she looks throughout her house, in her couch cushions and everywhere, for this lost coin, and then she finally finds it uh, at the end of the day. And then, you know, when you lose money, if you lose a $100 bill, you, um, you have a lot more than that, but then you're really happy when you find it, right? Uh, uh, and, and then he says, she rejoiced more over, that lo- over finding that lost coin than she had been happy over having the nine that uh, were never lost to her. And then he tells the story of the prodigal son, which, of course, uh, I'll relate to you in English uh, one more time. Um, so there's a man, a rich man, who has two sons, and the younger son wants his inheritance now. He doesn't want to wait to receive it later. So he takes it now. He doesn't have patience, and he takes it, and then he squanders it um, on, you know, parties, things like that, Uh, and he goes far away from home, and he's lost to his father. His father doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know what he's doing, and he spends all of his money, all of his inheritance, and then right when he does that, there's a famine in the country that he went to that's far away from home. Uh, and at that point, he's starving. He has nothing. So he goes to work uh, in a pig pen. So he's cleaning a pig pen, and he's waiting to eat the scraps of food that the owner of the pigs is giving to the pigs. But then he doesn't even get that. And of course, we know in Jewish tradition, pigs are the dirtiest Animal. So this is probably the lowest any person could fall is working with pigs, right? Uh, and I guess uh, Jesus is trying to illustrate here that all of us, at one point or another, we're like, uh, we're like the son who has taken all these gifts and has wasted them and took them for granted. And then we're at a really low point. And that could be anybody at any time. Um, and uh, of course after that uh, he decides to go back to his father and beg for forgiveness because he realizes that's the only way he can live a good life again is if he goes back to his father and begs to become a servant in his house because he thinks he'll be disowned by his father for wasting away all his life and money but of course when he returns to the father um his father immediately, he was waiting for him the whole time. So his father sees him from far away, and he goes up to him and embraces him. Now, this is important because it means that his father had never forgotten him. He had never disowned him. He was always waiting for his son to return. Even though he had his other son working for him the whole time, he was waiting for that lost son to return. Uh, And this is an important thing because we can also relate to the plight of the father in this case because there are times when, you know, they're friends of ours or family members, uh, children, parents who maybe we have a disagreement with and we feel like we never want to talk to them again. But then you always have to be ready to embrace them and forgive them. 
And of course, the father forgives him and he puts, he gives him the best clothes, the best shoes, uh, a ring, and then he sacrifices a calf uh, to have a feast for his arrival. And then, of course, there's the important last portion where the servant tells his older brother uh, what has happened, that his brother has returned. Uh, and they are having a feast in honor of his return. And, of course, what does the other brother do? Is he happy that his brother has returned? No, he's not. He's, he's jealous and he's upset because his brother wasted his inheritance. He wasted money. He wasted time uh, on sinful things. Uh, and yet his father is giving him a feast, clothes. Uh, he's giving him another chance when his brother had sunk to the lowest of the low. And the brother is jealous and he goes to the father and he doesn't want to come to celebrate his brother's return. And then his father comes outside and he says, why, don't you, why aren't you happy? And of course he says, I worked for you for a long time and you never, you never gave me a feast like this so that I could celebrate with my friends the fact that I'm working so hard for you and doing the right thing. And of course we can all relate to this character as well. Uh, in different parts of our lives we can definitely relate to any of these different people. And sometimes we are like the older brother who uh, can't accept that someone who has wasted time is getting uh, preferential treatment. And then the father, of course, says, your brother was dead. He was dead, kind of like dead to the family, dead to me. He was gone. I didn't know where he was. He might as well have been dead. But now he's alive and he was lost and is found. Now we don't get the brother's reaction to this, but hopefully it was a happy ending. Um, let's just fill in the blank. Uh, and it's important for us to realize that all of these characters, uh, or the both of the brothers, are in the wrong here. Because the older brother, yeah, he's, he's patient, he's, he, he's working diligently, for the father, uh, who probably represents God in this case. Uh, but then when his sinful brother returns and is forgiven so quickly without any uh, begging, uh, he's upset and he's jealous. And that's a sin too, of course. Uh, and sometimes we get upset when people who... Uh, don't work hard or they do the wrong thing uh, and but then they ask for forgiveness and then they're forgiven and this is an important lesson as well uh, and of course just like the other parables the parable of the lost coin and the lost sheep uh, we we have to be happy we have to be happier when those people who are lost and who are uh, in the wrong doing bad things when they repent when they truly repent uh, and of course, the gospel tells us that we have to, we have to be ha even happier when people who are doing the wrong thing feel sorry and they truly in their heart repent. Uh, the other day, uh, a kid came up to me at school uh, and, and he said, uh, Mr. Nishan, uh, why, why do you give us so many chances? Like, we're trying to push your buttons 
but you keep giving us chances and you don't, you're not yelling at us. Why is that? And I said, well, I know, you feel, I know you're sorry and I know you want to do the right thing, but sometimes it's hard and I know you want to push my buttons. Um, so that's why I want to give you more chances and explain to you why you're doing the wrong thing and not just yell at you because I don't, I don't know what that's going to accomplish. And, and then I said, D do you want me to get mad? Is that what you want? Like, is that why you keep pushing my buttons? And he said, uh, no, I like it this way, but I'm still going to test you. Uh, and you know, that's fine. Uh, but we, we all have to, uh, you, using this parable as an example, we have to have patience for those in our lives who are testing us because we have to remember that we ourselves can be like both brothers in our lives. And there will be times when we are like the younger brother and we do the wrong thing and we think bad thoughts and, and we do uh, actions that are not um, the Christian way. And we have to remember that we will be forgiven and those who lose their way even more than we do, they deserve that same forgiveness that we get in our everyday lives. Because of course, none of us are perfect. And I think that's the important lesson uh, from this parable here. Um, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.